Good evening, Patriots. And it is the end of Wednesday, July 5th in the year 2023. As we kind of roll through the rest of this Independence Week. I spent today, this afternoon, I spent moving about 30 bales, round bales of hay. That's got me thinking about the two different worlds that we're currently in. We're going to talk a lot about that tonight. One thing that I do value is pure air. And that's the great thing about having an air purifier of the quality of EnviroCleanse. It's really quite an amazing product. And it's what I'd really recommend you check out. EnviroCleanse is a amazing air purification system that uses a hospital-grade HEPA filter and that it also uses a mineral filter that they've patented. It's really quite amazing. It pulls out all the allergens, pollutants, things that we normally cause us a lot of irritation. It pulls it right out of the air. And this thing, I had mine running literally 24-7 for weeks. In fact, when I went to Arts Fest, I just kept it on the entire time I was away. And it just it's so great because you come back to a room whose air is completely refreshed and purified. And it's... It's of quality, it's such of such quality, all made in the USA, that it was selected by the U.S. Navy to purify the air on ships. So if you head on over to EnviroCleanse.com and check it out, you use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, you will not be disappointed. Uh, you'll get 10% off, and with 10%, you're also going to get a free air quality monitor for this, which is really nice. And it gives you a chance to verify truly what they're saying is true, which it is. These products are heavy duty and um, will are last are built to last forever. So head on over to EnviroCleanse.com. Or you can also go to EKPure.com, EKPure.com. And head right there. There's a link below every podcast. Use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. And um, you'll go, you'll be very happy that you did. You'll be very happy you get one of these. It's great for the health of the family and great for the health of yourself, which is so important. So like I said, I did, I spent the afternoon moving hay. And it's pretty hot today. It's I don't know, we had like 100 degrees temperature or something. There's apparently a fire going on somewhere because I can start to see the haze in the air. But it's, I took my phone, I had my phone in the cab of the tractor, but I just mainly, because I didn't have a watch with me for whatever reason, I've misplaced my watch. But my phone was on do not disturb and silent, meaning I wasn't going to use it. And I didn't. And there's a lot of peace in just focusing on something other. And I was working through this. It was spread out on the field. I, I was kept telling myself, oh, you'll do it. You know, maybe you'll do some today and you'll do some tomorrow. And the field's pretty rough near the end of our field. So when you're riding in the tractor, it pretty much feels like you're getting jostled around in a paint shaker. And it, it, it's, uh, it, I'm going to have to till it next year, I think, and kind of level out the field. But anyway. The grass is great. The grass is thick. We had 
we pulled probably off of the lower 15 acres, I think we pulled close to 40 bales of hay off of that. Round bales, not square bales. So that's like five square bales, six square bales per round bale. It's really good hay this year. Very, very pleased. And the cows will be happy come winter. But there's kind of a throwback, and it's I know you're I know I'm in a tractor and that's a modern thing, but it's a completely different world when we step into it. Cell phones off, no distractions, the world is its insanity is going on its merry way. And the focus of all of that is truly in preparation for winter so that we have hay for the animals. And that thinking cycle is different. We're so short thinking right now. Everything is about today, tomorrow. What are we going to do with our shopping list for this afternoon, this evening, this dinner? And when we're working around agriculture, everything becomes a much longer term issue. And all of these things transform us in a very good way. It breaks us from the control of the matrix, which we're currently in. Cattle, when it's going to take two years to take one of my steers to raise it up large enough to harvest. I have 10 steers coming up for harvest this fall. So let's walk through some of those immediate challenges. The butchery is not set up yet. I'm going to need to pick up three new freezers. And I've got to find somebody to butcher the cows. I, I can do all that. I already have, in fact. But I'm saying these are the stacking up of things. If you just start doing cattle raising and say you buy steers and you're going to have them butchered in the year, in many markets, these butchers are booked out a year ahead of time. And we have to plan. And then you have to ask yourself, you know, how you want it butchered and so forth. And 10 cows is a lot of meat. That's about 6,000 pounds of beef, just so we're clear. And I'll be selling some of it to the, some of the people here locally, but or giving it away. But my point of this is everything changes when we start thinking differently. And we, and we start thinking differently and we start relying on our own food. We start everything about our life changes. Tonight, I had a dinner, and the focus of the dinner was a kale salad, which came from our garden. And I w because I'm up at the property, I didn't bring some of the pesto. I love pesto in my salad, and I didn't bring the pesto, and I wanted pesto in the salad tonight, so I ended up having some pesto I bought at Costco, which was like, ugh, such a difference in flavor, and just and made so much salt in it. It was unbelievable. And I did, I mentioned it yesterday, I found, or at least in chat, I found a company out of Pendleton that's been, that does some really, it's, it's called Hills Premium Meats. And it's all high quality sausage, hot dogs, kielbasa, and other things. And so I found, I had one of their kielbasas tonight, which was just fantastic. And when you start eating simply and you start eating healthy and we start doing real work, Life gets meaning. I truly believe we start to awaken at a deeper level. And the world that so many are trapped in, which is increasingly spinning off into the netherlands of insanity, it's not just that it doesn't affect us, it doesn't make any sense. And we begin to look across 
to this other world, and it really is a separation. And that was a lot of what I was going through my thoughts today because as I, there's a video I came across earlier today, and it's of a, it's some catchy new song about, it's and it's also supposed to be degrading to the United States. And one nation under dogs is what it was titled, and it's all intended to be degrading to the United States and the all the you know we're the new trans generation and we're going to be rising up. Music is a devil's way to the heart and the mind, and all this is an assault on again on our youth to take them into a direction that they will never recover from. And unfortunately, the family is so broken and parents are so overwhelmed with trying to make ends meet, put food on the table, and the kids are being so heavily influenced by a demonic and communist satanic grooming camp known as public schools. We're losing a lot of our foundation of our nation. And a lot of the hope that I think the people had thought we'd have with youth there's a chunk of it that's rapidly slipping away, and it's happening happening before our very eyes. These thoughts have been very heavy on me lately, as you probably know. And it's, I'm asking a lot of questions to God and a lot of questions just in a, a rhetorical way about us as a country. What we what's what we've become in such a place that this sort of behavior is tolerated at all. How is it that we can not have outrage to the point of almost burning things down in the streets when you discover that, you know, men are now having babies suckle on their breasts that are not even real? This is pedophilia at the worst level. And it's happening around us and there's so many things that are happening around us the the noose of the fabric of this new insane insane world is is tightening so the real question is what are we going to do about it there's no easy answers to our direction of what we're doing i i know the direction i'm pushing i know that bars nation is I, the feedback i get is immense we're going to do we are going to go do something for these kids for the children that are children that are being trafficked and i think what god is also revealing in this is they are going to be a good part of the future of kingdom which would it's interesting it's a bit of irony isn't it take those that they were going to be prostituted and raped and pillaged and you're saving your you're going to rescue them, heal them, and restore them, and they become the might within kingdom. I think we have to be careful right now in not being lured away on a lot of things. There's a lot of temptation. And that was essentially kind of the message in the last hour was that things are getting crazy. The world is falling apart. We're seeing where things are being revealed. And we really don't know what we're looking at in a world. We don't know what the truth is. And we keep trying to seek truth to try to understand things. And I, and I begin to really reflect today a lot on does it matter? And I, essentially, I think that was what I, at least I hope people took away from last hour's show was that at the end of the day, everything pushes us or should push us closer to Jesus. But we have to be humble too. 
got a, somebody jump into chat today, and I don't know who it was. And if, it, if you're in chat tonight, then, well, suck it up because I'm not calling you out by name. But it was interesting because they it read it right away. Just they came in swinging into chat, looking for a fight, and it, the kind of the comment was, you know, like, do people really believe this is happening? Can't you see they're going to outmaneuver this? It had to do with a legal case. And then some comment like, you know, I'm doing a lot. I want to know what everyone else is doing. This sort of attitude is is starting to percolate up because people are feeling like it's an unjust world that somehow they they are carrying a heavier burden than someone else. And so they need to be recognized. And they need to be it needs to be balanced. I want to read Matthew 20 tonight. And this is the labors in the vineyard. And, and this was the scripture that was given to me the other day by Mark and Tina, who were at Bards Fest, which was pretty amazing because I, God had told me to be praying on a vineyard. And the scripture was given. This, a prophecy went with this. It was very on point. And this is also kind of from all of the praying on the vineyard is where God gave the name of what we're going to be working on, which is Operation Vineyard, with the, with the, tag, letter, with the tag words that go with it, rescue, heal, and restore. It's not, we're, we're obviously going to be focusing on the children, but I think in the process, there's a deeper piece here that we all get rescued. We all get healed and we all get restored. Starting at the beginning, for the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. When he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius for the day, he sent them into the vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace and those he said, you go into the vineyard also and whatever is right, I will give you. And so they went. Again, he went out about the sixth and the ninth hour and did the same thing. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing around. And he said to them, why have you been standing here idle all day? They said to him, because no one hired us. He said to them, you go into the vineyard too. Now when the evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to, this, to, to his foreman, call the laborers and pay them for their wages, starting with the last group to the first. When those hired about the eleventh hour came, each one received a denarius. So when those hired first came, they thought they would, would receive more. But each of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they grumbled at the landowner, saying, These who were hired last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day's work and the scorching heat. But he answered and said to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go. But I want to give to this last person the same as to you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I want with what I what is my own? Or is your eye envious because I am generous? 
So the last shall be first and the first shall be last. I think this is a hard process, a hard place for people to get to. Because we, on one level, we're in a society where everyone's supposed to get a trophy. And on another level, we're in a world where people want to be recognized for accomplishment over the others. It's two sides of the same thing. I want to go back to the tractor. So I started that about 2.30 today. And I had in my head that I would do maybe half the field today and then pick it up and do it in the morning. I have a uh, watering tank to pick up. I was going to try to get it this afternoon. and it was, At least that was my plan for the cattle because I'm putting them on another pasture that I've set up and I need to get a new watering tank there. In fact, I'll be very candid. I'll be very honest. I'm actually bringing the cattle up around the, the it's about five acres around the house or so, maybe a little less, maybe it's three. And the grass has grown up really tall into kind of where the, there's some orchard trees down there and it's grown up really tall. And I'm going to be really honest. I don't want to, I don't want to mow it. So I'm hiring the finest mowing team in the world, 25 head of cattle that will graze that sucker right down. In fact, when my parents came up for 4th of July, my mom looked up on the hill. She goes, wow, you've done a great job of mowing the hillside. And I started laughing. I said, I sure did. That was 25 head of cattle that grazed that sucker right down better than any mower that has. And I have no mechanical clutches or anything to go wrong. So what I'm actually doing is I am employing my my 11th hour harvest team, my 11th hour mow cutters, with a, and I'm going to pay them with a whole 180-gallon tank of water. So... They can mow that thing right down and save me the hassle of having to walk around the property around the house and chew it up with the mower. But my point of all this is I was kind of going through this. I started of around two. And as I'm moving through here, I there's about, you know, like I said, there was about 20 some, 25 bales or so or more out there and they're spread out about 15 acres and it's slow. We didn't, we didn't put a flatbed out there to load them. We took them one bale at a time in and it's not that far. It's, but I timed it. It's like the first run was about 10 minutes out and back, but you start doing the math on that. And so I did this thing of starting us with the farthest bales and then moving in the, to the closest to the house or to the barn. And, of course, what that's going to do is it's going to decrease your time for each run as you get the farthest ones taken care of, obviously. And so I kept rolling with this. And you're playing little games with yourself because it's hot, and you're like, okay, you know, I'll go another 30 minutes, and I'll see where I'm at. And I'm thinking in the back of my head, I could just, I'll just go to four, and then I'll shut it down, and then I'll throw the trailer on the Jeep, and then I'll race in and get that watering tank, which I could get tomorrow morning, but that was what I was doing. At a certain point, I made the decision to do the whole job and get it done. And I could see that I could get it done and I, before the show, which was even better. And, had, and I'd already committed then to even if I didn't, after the show, I was going to go down and throw the lights on the tractor and just do it at night, which is no big deal. But the closer I got, that sense of, I want to get this done, starts to happen. There's no reward in that. 
There's no trophy. There's no extra denarius. It's the idea of getting the job done. And as I'm looking at the clock, and now it's 5.17, and I've got two bales left, and the show's at 6, and then it's, those are the closest ones in. I'd save those for last. So I was able to get it there and back in four minutes. And so at 5.24, the last bale is dropped, tractor parked, and I'm on my ATV coming back up to the house. And I feel great because mission's complete. I don't have to spread it out later. I don't have to divide it. I'm not doing it between today and tomorrow. I did it all in the afternoon and got it done and it's sealed up. In this current generation where everything is about quick, fast, get it done, there isn't a sense of enduring accomplishment. And so when we think about work, we want to get rewarded differently and recognized for, for example, like in Labors in the Vineyard, someone comes in at the 11th hour and they want to be, they may see themselves as, well, we're here to get it. We're going to do the best work because we're going to get it done at the last and help you push it over. So it's because of us that you were able to get it done. Or the ones that have been there all day that are like, well, that's no fair because I've been here all day and I deserve more than him. And this is what gets convoluted in the in this world and then people don't relate to what happens in kingdom. We are in a we're walking all in the body of Christ. And what's important in that walk is that the entire field, the, all the bales are brought in. That's what's important. And as we do that together or as we do that as a one, the reward and the satisfaction is seeing the job complete. There isn't a sense of, there's a, I think there's a lot of sense that there's a, a reward process sometimes in heaven that I prayed more, I get this. I'm, I'm going go to I'm gonna go more to heaven than you. Um, Christ forgave all our sins. And we have a way to heaven. But there is, a, there is going to be a ranking in heaven in that world for our life of how we have served heaven. But what we forget is that we're all going. And our job right now is really not even to worry about that. We're trying to get the mission complete, which is if I'm going to spend my whole day worrying about whether, thinking about what, cow will like what bale of hay. I'm not going to get much done. But my mission right now today was get those bales off the field and get them in and stored. So we have them and they're, they're set aside. That's food for winter, which we're, we may need. And right now our mission before us is about getting as many into the kingdom as possible. There's going to be some that will come in at the last minute and it doesn't mean that they will have more or less any they will have less impact. In fact, arguably, we could look at what's happened in Bard's Nation, and it's a very interesting reality because Bard's FM, as a channel, has been growing for four years now. It's, we're in our fourth year. And there are churches that have been around for 30-some years. And yet, 
we're growing and expanding and across the globe and mobilizing in a way that, quite frankly, very few churches are. I'm not taking and putting a, a mark on the wall going, no, 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 we're better than you. What we want to see is everybody moving forward. We're going to focus on ourselves. We're going to focus on this 11th hour ministry and raise up as many people in the body of Christ as we can. We're going to step in and deal with things where God leads us. But that's the key is we're going to listen to Father where he wants us to go. And so when you get down to, say, this little ministry that may be stuck out in the country that has 50 people, and we look over at them or they look at us and we say, you know, like, nah, 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 look how big we are. And they look at you and they go, yeah, but we've been here longer, and so we will deserve more. That isn't, that's none of that's heaven. That's just human garbage. Because that 50 people are just as dear to the Father as whatever we have here. And arguably, where God's going to be drawn to most is where the Holy Spirit lives. And people want to have an intimate relationship with him. So these are just some random thoughts that I've had today that I'm sharing because we're in a really interesting time of turmoil and chaos. And it's easy for us to get wrapped up in a lot of our personal stuff. We want to find out what someone else is doing so we can compare and kind of do a tit for tat. I want to, I want to see if my neighbor is going to do as much as me, or I want to compare. None of that's important. What's important is where God places us that we do as much as we can do within the bandwidth that we're given, whatever that is. That's what's important to never stop striving to go higher and further. Trying to explain to somebody the other day, is I, I think it's missed. And I'm again, my schedule is just one that happens to be massively packed and busy all the time. As I've been called, it's three shows a day. And like this week, I'm up here at the ranch and there's things to do that take all my time, you know, between getting the watering tank and getting the hay off the field and setting up new shelves tonight and in, in the studio and getting some sound panels put up and then setting up the generator to, tomorrow afternoon that I just came in to test it to make sure we've got backup for the pump system. And I could just go on a list of a number of things. I mean, these are just things that happen every day. And so my time is, it's, it's very packed and there just isn't very much extra time. And I've had people say, it's like, wow, man, I don't, you, you must be exhausted. So the answer is yes, but happily so. Because I'm loving where God has me and I'm trying to fit in more on my schedule every day. And I and it's and I'm not doing this because I'm wanting God to give me a salary raise. I'm doing this because of the love and passion for walking within kingdom as he has me. I see people that are bored. I come across people that are frustrated because they feel like they're carrying more load than the other. Those are two extremes of the same model and same problem. And the question I really have is, whom do you serve? And when we place our appropriate service, we are serving the Father. Most of all that other stuff goes away. You should never be bored if you're serving the Father. I don't know how you can be. And you can never get frustrated with what someone else is doing doing or not doing if you're serving the Father because it's that's outside of your lane. 
other than trying to bring somebody to Jesus, which is a big deal. But I'm talking about people walking within the body of Christ. We have to take some real reflection on ourselves right now because we're heading into what's going to be a very um, dark phase, I think, in the world. I'm not just, I'm just saying this. The truths continue to percolate out. The realities of what we have to face, when we take a movie like Sound of Freedom, which really doesn't have that much graphicness in it, it just has done well to let the mind fill in the blanks very easily. And so people are left with emotional feelings, and there's a lot of Holy Spirit in that film, waking up hearts, and people are going to want to do things. And they're going to want to judge. And they're going to want to do things very immediately. So it's a sidebar on this. I mean, it's, it's tangential. It's not just sidebar. It's a tangential story, which is very important. A woman who was married to a man, I mean, thank goodness, a man and wife. The, the wife became addicted to meth and with her meth buddies accused her husband, of, and they were married, accused her husband of molesting her daughter, which was a lie. And the meth gang, one of which was, was a self-proclaimed pedophile hunter, uh, tortured and brutally killed the father of three or four children on a false accusation. The emotions are high. We want justice. We want to do, um, we want to solve this problem. But the wisdom of what Father placed on my heart and how to approach this was the three pillars. The sanctuaries to heal, the intelligent cell to identify and map out who the true enemy is and vet it correctly, and the storytelling or narrative outlet, the communication cell, to tell the events and, and be able to transmit the stories at a county level of what's really going on. That's a foundational node that gives reason and wisdom with any actions that follow. And so there's temperance built into that. And at the same time, it gives us time to do something that we all should be doing. As we begin the process of identifying these problems and working to solve these problems, the only way we're going to get to be extremely successful is if we've taken time to look in the mirror. As I point one finger at you, there's three point fingers pointing back at me. And I've become increasingly conscious of this and cognizant of this as I've moved along because we're walking on the edge of judgment and judgment's not ours. It's God's. And we have to be careful not to fall into that trap. We have to be focused on just doing the service that God asks us to do. And we have to be respective of the others that are already about in the field. There are some that have been in the field a long time. We're coming in at the 11th hour. But God's not asking, he's not telling us that we're going to be paid more or less than the others. We're all doing this to the service of kingdom. So there needs to be some wisdom and some temperance as we move forward here on all these topics.
And it's a very important time to take that step. So I've had people say, like, how fast are you going to move to get this planned up? I want to connect you with this and connect you with that. And this is where I say, this is not a race. It's a campaign. And it's a lifestyle that we're building now, not just a one-off shot to find one child. As, and that was just happened to be the nature of the film. We're trying to build something that will solve the problem, not just free one child. And so those sorts of thinkings and those sorts of processes build a bit more slowly. But what they do is they create discernment. They create resilience. They create temperance, patience, and wisdom. All that comes there. The difference being that where most people want to be is to go out and jump on the tractor and race over and get the eight bales that were past the creek and then get the rest of it tomorrow. I just want to get those eight done and get out of here. But what we're really doing is we're trying to move all the bales off steadily, one bale at a time. And we want to build that foundation when you lay out all those bales and you put them all in a, in three rows they look good it's a it's an accomplishment it's a bounty that god's given us here it's a grace and it's something that i know that we have enough for the winter and that's that's the wisdom and that's taking everything we do with a steady walk and not trying to be a sprint. There'll be plenty of those moments when the whole machine gets moving. But it's important that we are methodical, that we're praying into this, we're very clear. Because let's be honest, there's probably no more horrific crime in the world than somebody who finds pleasure in destroying a child's life. Or worse, just enjoys the money that they get from it and have no regard for the child's life whatsoever. We better be pretty clear with where we are with a God. We better have a very tight and deep relationship with the Holy Spirit. Our faith better be rock solid. We better have our ghosts in the closet cleared out. And we better be able to say that we've gone through the inventory of our life with repentance and be an active, a proactive process of repenting as we go to keep those wounds healed and that armor sealed. Because we're walking into the devil's den. And they take no prisoners there. And if you don't have yourself with a rock-solid place, we're going to get crushed. That's the wisdom right there of deciding to do a steady and process to get all of that foundation built before we leap forward. It'd be great to run a bale up to the cows and feed them today even though they don't need it. It'd be great to do five bales and then jump on the ATV and go racing around and doing a little bit of nothing or run up on the hill to see if, how the bull's doing. But 
wisdom is stay steady. Move them all off the field. Get the foundation built. Get the winter stores in place. Keep your eye on where we're going. But understand that the storm is here. We're in the 11th hour. There's been people that have been here since the beginning. We're no better or worse than anybody else. God has us on a very particular mission right now. It will unfold as we go. Its clarity will be there. It will be unique in itself, and it will be appropriate as God needs it to be. But we're not the only game in town. And there will continue to be others, but we have been blessed with a commission to do something quite amazing. And I truly believe it will be stunning how amazing it will be. But we've got to stay steady. And that seemed to be the most clear part of the whole day. So at the end of the day, I put that tractor in one of its lower gears. And I just kept the throttle steady. And I just moved back and forth. And it's interesting because as I said in the beginning, it was eight minutes out to get the first bail. And it was four minutes to get the last. And all of that worked out to get it all done before the show. And the throttle speed never changed. Just Keep it steady. Let's pray. Father, as we come to you tonight, just reflecting on a lot of different things, but a message that seems to be pretty clear that came from today, and just keeping a steady pace now as we start to build the foundations necessary to build out this commission for where we need to go. This is a time right now, Father, when I pray that all those that are leaning this direction will take time to do the personal inventories. Take time to inventory your life and find the places to repent. Take time if you've got a stick or something that's obviously wounded and something that's holding you back. Take time to work through it. Release it. Unhook from it. Pray into it. Heal it and seal the armor. So, Father, my prayer tonight really is to a prayer that the value of taking time in preparation will lead to a greater victory in the end. Let us pray for the foundations to be built with a steady hand, with the clear eyes, and with ears to hear. Let us pray that the foundation will be built strong and mighty, anchored deeply in the Holy Spirit. No corruption, no deviations, but truly pure hearts to step into the arena. Let us pray that as we build this foundation, which will take us some time, but we know is as we build, things will get faster and things will get greater and the intensity will grow. And then there'll be that moment, which we'll all look back on and go, boy, do you remember when? It was sure it was easier then. We know that's coming. So Father, what I pray as well is that this commission inspires not by how fast it goes, but by the magnitude of what we're building, which is a gift that will last generations. Let us be wise in these times. Let us take good steps 
sow the seeds in fertile soil so that we know that they'll grow. And in so doing, know that each step that we're making, no matter how small, is putting in place the pieces that as it starts to assemble, will build a mighty, mighty force, a mighty, mighty network that will never, ever be able to be taken down. The right hearts, the right focus, the right foundations, so that everything sits boldly and powerfully on the rock of faith. Guide us and protect us. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So as a side anecdote, kind of, again, another one of these tangential stories. I got to a place this year. The weather was a little bit odd. I was, we had a, a fairly cool spring. And so within all of this, I did not. Uh, start my green beans, my bush beans, which I usually start everything in trays and then transplant the seedlings. So I was at first not going to have green beans this year or bush beans. And then I thought about it. I'm like, oh, that's dumb. Because the soil's fertile. I've worked this soil. It is rich. It's beautiful. And so I literally, it was a biblical moment for me in a small sense. It was why am I not just sowing the seed? So I did. And they're doing great. <laughs> we might have a couple of plants that don't start, but that's minimal. I think we have about close to 40 bush bean plants that are coming up great, and they're going to be a, a tremendous producers for us this year. But it's all about the soil. It's all about the foundation. It's all about getting things prepared right. So that once you push that seed in, you know it's going to grow. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, hope you have a very blessed evening. I'll see you tomorrow for bended knee. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe again. Dive into the Get back in my body.